listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon if you want to support us financially, www.patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier. Um, we are in a Chomp Cast state of mind for this week's show. We are running down an insane amount of polls this week from Tomb Raider to eating cake for breakfast to the plague that is sriracha sauce to get Josh's thoughts on that and everything else in between. The topic of the show is mental health and video games from how games have affected our mental health to how games can help us cope with anxiety and depression. I have a teeny tiny Pokemon Sun and Moon story for the crew, which should transition nicely into the bio break for this week. Um, And we have tons of amazing listener comments to engage with. It's going to be a fun little audio shindig. I will say that. Um, Shay, why do you have your finger up, Shay? Why why is it like this? <laughs> oh, I'm counting the amount of times you sniffle during this podcast. So you're at one so far. Okay. All right, now I'm not going to sniffle anymore because I know you're counting. So I, I ruined your game. Sorry. Um, well, I guess I have to introduce you now first because we'll you just showed that. up. You just showed up on the audio. So I have to introduce Shay first this week. Um, Shay Lane is here. That's not fair. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Sometimes it pays to to call out people sniffles, I guess. Um, okay. Shay Layton, the professor, is here from Japan. Uh, I guess we had a pretty exciting today. We got your yes. Into the Breach podcast up for consume, public consumption. Yeah, We did, and I don't know if you can hear in the background, but uh, the police are going to get someone, so the podcast is so hot that I'm under arrest or some weird shit like that, apparently. That makes sense. That makes sense. You t- huh. Or it might be because Josh isn't wearing a bra. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's more likely, I'll say. <laughs> it's so hot in Josh's world that he's just naked. Um, I think every week now we record, Josh is just naked on the webcam, which we're not complaining about at all. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to- first, first, he took off just one of his belts because he's really modest about it at first. You know, he grew up in an Amish family. Um, so he just took off a belt. He's slowly grown from there. Um, he took off his cardigan next. I don't know why he is Amish and wearing a cardigan. He's a very fancy Amish person. Um, from there he took off his fake beard. And, uh, we've grown from there. I wish people could just see all the... Josh just, he's just making a bunch of facial expressions, which means he's not going to humor this with any actual words um, but uh so yeah shay uh so if you want to check it out we have an interview up with the creator of into the breach which sadly is a game that too uh few people have heard of or played um but it's on our side podcast Definitely. evoking evoking the sublime if you want to search for the name of our show um look for that interview among with others so that's cool excited about that yeah, he's excited. Yes. He's excited. Um, so yeah, uh, Shay Lane's here. Glad to have you, Shay. I guess, okay, Fish, now I can give you your proper intro. Okay, I'm sorry. I know it was a little strange for you. Mm-hmm. Shay just... I'm getting antsy up. here now. All right, all right. Throw like, you off your game. Like a crack fiend here, just oh. waiting for my hit. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, you you remember those days well. <laughs> Wait for that next hit. Uh, Shay, he's tweaking. He's tweaking out. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, one day we'll get this video to people because if only they could see the things that are going on here. Uh, yeah, anyways, Anthony Fisher is here from Texas, a.k.a. the Filipino Johnny Depp, a.k.a. Fish, a.k.a. Dog murderer. That's what I call you now. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> murder, of, <laughs> murder of canines, you sick fuck. I have video evidence, Fish. I'm not wow. making this up. I have video evidence of you running I... over a dog would, in Far Cry. What would the equivalent of dog whisperer be but someone who kills them in video game form? Huh. The well, dog I'm death trying... whisperer. The dog cyber attacker. The dog. I got <clears throat> nothing. <laughs> Come on, we got to get our our brains in the clever witty mode here. Well, we if need, something comes to us, we need we need to formulate this with a think tank. We need to hire a think tank just to come up with a new name for fish. We'll get Cambridge well, okay. Analytica right on that. <laughs> no, um, I, I I reviewed that video and I took a look at where that dog came from. You the was, evidence. Okay, that was, that was clearly a Peggy dog. One of those cultist men let loose one of their dogs, and he jumped out in front of the semi, and it was a Peggy dog. Okay. Ran over, so. so therefore, yeah, yeah, I think Shay tried to make you feel bad in the video. He was telling you, it oh, he did. He was he like, did. it was a dog, dude. A dog's a dog. It's adorable. Does that apply when the dog wants to kill you and rip your nuts off? I don't know if that applies. Then it, we let it happen. We let it happen. Because a dog is a dog. What fish? What's the animal in that game that goes right for your balls? Is that the badger? Yeah. Okay, it's not the dog. I don't know what the animation is for the dog, but it's probably brutal. How about this? I just googled some words. How about Reaper, the dog Reaper? That's not bad. The dog Reaper. The dog Reaper. You're the dog Reaper. The dog Reaper. That's got a nice ring to it. That's that sounds a little too close to Reaper. Well, How about the dog yeah. rapist? Yeah, no, <laughs> no one took the jump to to dog raper except you. So except fish. I don't know. I I thought I heard you guys whisper it under your breath. Uh, uh, nah, that's you, dog whisperer. Uh, um, I'm gonna put that oh, video yeah. on, on our VIP Instagram. So if you sign up, you can watch it because that's where it's gonna be. And that's the, how's that for a selling point? Sign up for our VIP Instagram and watch fish run over dogs. That's the kind of high quality service <laughs> that we provide. Um, but that's where it's going. It's too hot for Instagram. It's too wow. hot. How much for that sweet deal, Morgan? <laughs> Head on over to our Patreon account and you can find out. Um, no, but seriously, it's funny to see Fish's terrified reaction, but I'll get that up there. Anyway, Fish, glad to have you here this week. Um, we can talk a little bit of that at the roundup at the back of the show. Your your fun Far Cry experience here with co-op with Shay. Joshua Fowler's here, the one and only, um, as we already alluded to, shirtless, sweating it out in Michigan because um, his podcasting zone is at the very top of his house. And as we know, that's science. That's where it gets the hottest. At the very t- at the very tip is where it's mm-hmm. the hottest. Right, Fish? The tip is the hottest? Mm-hmm. That's where all the blood just accumulates. Uh-huh. That's right. Accumulation. It's the, it's the blood gulch. Um, that doesn't make any sense. But Josh, we're glad to have you here. How'd you feel about... You are the uh, Overwatch expert. I know they announced a new Overwatch character this week. Some sort of like hamster rolling around in a, a robot hamster ball. Yeah. Yeah, um... He's one of the new tanks. He's kind of 
rolls in and disrupts the enemy team. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure exactly how he's going to fit in just yet, just because he's so different than any of the other tanks. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he works, because um, he's not really shielding the rest of your team at all. He's going to have to kind of make space by just knocking people around and getting in their face. And we'll, we'll yeah. see if that actually works out. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a I'm ton sure of Blizzard's, fun to play yeah. anyway. Even even if he ends up being bad, he'll be lots of fun just to roll around with. When does it actually drop? Is it out already? You can already play the hamsters or a certain day? Uh, he's on the PTR, so whenever they get him bug-free, he'll be live. So okay. that's usually usually a couple weeks. Bug-free. You know, that, that was my favorite tweet, that guy who was like, pretending to be blizzard in their in their marketing room he's like how can we make a character that people aren't going to want to fuck i know let's put a cute little hamster in a death ball two hours later damn it they found out a way to have sex with him. <laughs> i don't know if that's alluding to except the fact that the internet has probably already done ter- furries furries well, are a thing blizzard yeah Come on. that that hamtaro shipping fan club was on it as soon as they realized there was new material <laughs> hamtaro oh, yeah. <laughs> They were they were they were freaking out. Mm-hmm. They were losing their hamster fucking mind. Mm-hmm. All I all I'll get to say, Josh, is that I think that new character looks rather cheeky. Yeah, hamsters they stare, store a lot of food in their cheeks. Um, but yeah, so I'm interested to get your thought. I'm gonna do a poll. <laughs> <pull on. laughs> mm. yeah. I uh, I'm gonna do a poll on it next week to see what people think of it for fun because it, it released after this week, so I couldn't. Couldn't do it, but I'm excited to uh, to see what people think. It's it's interesting. It's a bold. It looks like in third person you can roll around on the ball too, or whatever. So, anyways, um, glad to have you here, Josh. I of course am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was laughing because Shay was shoving an entire banana down his throat. See, Shay, I I didn't want to mention it, but you made me laugh, and then I have to explain it to the listeners because there's a very confusing laugh there. Uh-huh. That's fair. That's fair. Impressive, though. He got the whole banana down his throat. That was the cool part. I was was really impressed by that. Um, The whole thing. Uh, I was going to tell you guys, so I had a really brief story before we kicked this off um, about, so I tried this week as I've been kind of playing Pokemon Sun and Moon just in my free time. There's nothing this summer going on right now, so I'm kind of catching up on that. I told you guys about that last week. I thought I told Fish about this. I was trying to do the Ash thing that he does that's really annoying where he never lets his Pikachu evolve, and he forces it to stay a Pikachu forever. So I tried to do that with the uh, that cute Rattata Pokemon that I like so much, the Alolan Rattata, the Black Rattata. So I wasn't letting it evolve, and my plan was... At just the right moment, when it was like a level 30 or something, it was I was going to be in a situation that was so dire that I needed it to evolve. It was going to be just like the TV show. I was All hope was going to be lost, and it would finally evolve into a fat, grumpy rat and save my ass. And it was going to be magical, right? This is, this is the kind of nerdiness that my brain does. So I go to do that, and I'm fighting this boss. It's an Alola Marowak. You'd appreciate this, Fish. It's the Marowak boss in the game. It's like the second or third trial, I think. Uh-huh. And... It's that new ghost fire type Marowak. It's pretty badass. So I finally evolve it because it's kicking my ass, probably because I wasn't evolving my Pokemon, so I was having trouble. And my I had the Owl starter as my other guy, so the fire moves were just killing it. And I had a wishy-washy, but um, I wasn't having too much luck with it, even though I thought it was a really cute Pokemon. So I bring out my, my Rattata, 
that's now evolved to eradicate. I go to use Sucker Punch, and it uses Protect and shields itself, pulls down its friend helper Pokemon, and then just wipes the floor with me, right? So at this point, I'm like, well, fuck! My magical moment was ruined. So I pull out that cute little wishy-washy, right? And I'll tell you what, that wishy-washy Pokemon is pretty badass. I I did not know this, but that Pokemon, when it hits, I didn't look this up or anything, but I guess when it hits level 20, which I was exactly a level 20, if you enter the battle with more than, I think, 75% HP, um, it will evolve into its schooling form, which is that giant school of fish Pokemon. It looks They call it like the Demon of the Sea in the Pokedex. It's actually a really cool-looking Pokemon. And I just crush that Marowak. So it went from like, I thought I was going to have this magical moment with my Rattata slash Raticate. And I ended up having this really beautiful moment with Wishy Washy, which is now uh, one of my favorite Pokemon in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool. I can't think of any other Pokemon that evolve like that, like just like a certain amount of HP. And then whenever you get under 25% HP, it actually evolves back into the little fish again. So it's, it's a very strange kind of evolution, but, it, but very cool. That is really cool. I mean, that's, that emulates without getting too nerdy or too in-depth, that emulates kind of just a lot. what a lot of animal, like, fish do in uh, the oceans, basically. there There's more uh, power, or there's more strength in numbers, essentially. So they, you know, they, they band together to kind of avoid, basically, predation. So that's really cool. That's really cool that, like, they did that. That's... It's smart. It's a smart form of I mean, evolution. Yeah, yeah, creative. It is, yeah. And I, I feel guilty because I, I was so hyped for that game. And then I just, I never got into it because of the stupid uh, Rotom decks. And I kind of feel guilty because I love Pokemon and I really How do want to play that game. How far were you before you quit on it? Dude, I don't even remember. Like, I was, I was somewhere at some place at some time and i was like no. i can't fucking do this That's anymore did you did you bring your 3ds to japan yeah yeah i mean i did because I, I still had the intention of playing it i just never made it around to it and i still haven't because you know there are other things that exist so It'll still be sitting there. I the same thing happened to me before that show. If you go back and listen to that really old podcast, that's when I went through a, a really bad time in my life. I had an anxiety attack right before that show. I was moving, all sorts of stuff. So that game was kind of scarred for me, much like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was because I was going through a divorce. There's certain games that like I don't even know how I feel about them really because I was going through something in my life that allowed me to not think about video games at all. So Right. Um, that transitions really well into what we're actually gonna be talking about today. Yes, 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 it does. Um, anyways, so yeah, so we can talk a little bit more about that later, but I thought that was kind of humorous. Um, still love my Rattata though. Uh, anyways, uh, but the topic of the show on that note, weirdly enough, as I was telling you guys about that anxiety attack I had was like Shay said, mental health is the topic of the podcast. Um, and now there's a lot of different ways you could take this, especially with our listener comments. I'm going to read however you responded to it. It's fine. I wanted to just get you involved, and there's so many different ways you could take this, and that's what's so cool about it. But I wanted to see how each of you responded to this because it's a very broad topic, and we all usually have some pretty weird, unique perspectives. Now, I know, Shay, you actually had mentioned this as a possible topic idea. Was there, like, a reason why? Did this stem from a certain thought or game or something, or what was... Um. So, I'm, if I'm being honest, the, the uh, motivation for this week's topic came from I was looking at the beginning of the week for some 
research on some bio breaks that I wanted to do. I wanted to get ahead of it this week. I came across the one that we're going to be talking about later, and it, a lot of that kind of talks about dealing with not necessarily mental health, but kind of like the mentality of stuff there. And then I started thinking about, like, for me, how over the years I've dealt with just uh, basically, you know, any type of mental problems and how video games have really helped me through that. And then that's kind of paired with um, kind of all the hype that Hellblade is finally deservedly getting this year. So yeah, it all just kind of culminated into this week for me. So it worked out well. I I was I was I was like I had a little counter. I was like, how long until Shay mentions Hellblade on this podcast? Three, two. Oh, there it was. There it was. Sneaks it in. There. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't gonna take long. We know that. It's becoming like a No Man's Sky sort of situation for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So, so they re-release it on Xbox, and you play it again with friends. Yeah, Hellblade oh, multiplayer. I'll happily, I'll happily do it. That, that's weird. You can, yeah, a multiplayer. You can. Let's all go crazy all together. All have the same panic attack together. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Strength in numbers. Strength, strength in the numbers. That's right. Like um, hold me, fish. Hold me. Okay, yeah, so that that that's a good starting point. Um, Josh, where did you uh, see this going when you started thinking about this topic? Um, I'm kind of kind of similar to what you were mentioning before with uh, just different games and just kind of how they lined up with your life, um, mm-hmm. and just um, kind of how they either help you cope or sometimes don't, but you know, are there anyway? Um, I mean, for me specifically, um, I got really, really into WoW um, whenever I was uh, just just getting out of college and uh, having kids for the first time just because it was a tough place in life. Um, mm-hmm. And as much as everyone kind of talks about Oh, they can't believe you'd pay so much money for a game. Oh, it's a subscription fee, monthly fee, and stuff like that. Really, if that's all you're playing, fifteen bucks a month for entertainment is cheap as hell. Um, yeah, for like Netflix. Basically. For yeah, exactly, exactly. If that's all you're doing, it's pretty cheap. Like if if it's just something you happen to do, it's way too expensive. Um, but yeah, uh, WoW really helped me whenever you know we were we were going through all that we had kids i had just lost my job um and just mm. just having a a game world to play in where you're actually in control is really nice and then also wow specifically um allowed me to make friends that i've had for you know a, a decade at this point um yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it was really helpful to get through that, just because you know you're you're kind of forced to deal with these other people and you know talk through stuff in order to accomplish accomplish your goals. Um, and that you know that specifically helped me a bunch. So that's actually really cool. You know that that's a good segue, Josh, because I know Fish had a similar thing. Um, I remember when Fish were Fish were younger with WoW as well. Uh, where he, the first girlfriend he ever had when she dumped him because he had a micro penis, he was just crushed and he turned. Uh, yeah, let's 
let's not open up old wounds here. I'm Morgan. sorry. You're right. That's that's. I know. Really I know mean. one I'm thing sorry. he wasn't crushed by though, <laughs> and that was the weight of his micro penis. That definitely didn't crush oh. him. I thought you said though. No, I crushed it. <laughs> oh. He was crushing it with two pinkies every night. Anyways, um, sorry, Fisher, that was rude. I shouldn't have really. That was, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I shouldn't have talked. Yeah, that was huh. private. I apologize. Rude. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I overstepped my boundaries there. Um, but yeah, I do want to go off of World of Warcraft because yeah, that was. I, I started playing online games, and I believe I started with RuneScape. And I played that for about a month or two during a summer. And I was like, man, this is such a great time. You get to chat with people and play a video game. And this is back when RuneScape was like brand new, like back in 2004, I think. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know how was old that it was. Was RuneScape free too? Yeah, it was free online. Yeah. So yeah. you could just go to. I knew a lot of methods to... that played RuneScape. So it was, like, <laughs> it, was free and it, it was free to run on everything you can run on a calculator all right go ahead i'm sorry no uh but before that like my only social interactions were either you know at school or uh online and online i would just go to like aol chat rooms and Ugh. um you know be, be <laughs> that's, hung that's out of the space met. bar i did that's where me and Fish met, actually, in the AOL chat room. I only laughed. I laughed because I did the same thing. I did, and too. It just, yeah, I did, too. You know, the first thing that popped in my mind was ASL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Age, sex, location. I got my first nude photo on on uh, AOL chat. <laughs> the first, it took 45 it was like, minutes to load. Uh, it did. Come on, I was, <laughs> I was, I was so scared. It was a family computer, so I was so scared someone was going to walk into the room and see it. So I like had to look at it real quick and then X out of it. Uh, anyways. Yeah. You had no way to hide it anywhere, so you had to print it out and then hide that. <laughs> no. I wish. <laughs> Put that one in the memory banks. But I'll, I, I couldn't remember the picture. I just remembered the fear. Anyway, go ahead, Fish. Yeah, but like, yeah, being behind a screen, you know, typing, like, mm-hmm. you, you don't necessarily have like that sh- social anxiety. Um, whereas, you know, like, whenever I was talking to people, I would have, you know, anxiety, I would feel awkward. And just being behind a screen just really helped ease that um, sort of tension inside of me uh, when socializing. And that helped a lot. Um, and then moving on to playing RuneScape, finding out that there was a little chat in there and that you could private message people, Woo! talk to them, play the game together. Like that kind of blew my mind. And like that's when I started really enjoying the thought of playing an online game. And then I moved on to uh, EverQuest Ever from that. Yeah. And played that for like a good chunk of my life. Um, what yeah, with, with the positive effects of it, but there was that's the interesting about those MMOs though, especially at that age for both of us fish, is they had positive effects on allowing us to socialize with our anxiety, right. but also also some negative effects, I would probably say. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, because you're socializing in a game. You're not go, yeah. going out, you're more into the game. So Yeah. 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 I think when I finally quit WoW, I had like over a year played, like on slash played between my different characters. So wow. like a year's worth of time logged in. So That's intense. It is. It was it was getting there. 
That's cool though. I mean, I did a lot. I I joke with you guys, but I also had a lot of wow. I'm not going to go too far into it, but I did. I failed college because of wow. I told you guys that before. I, mostly because I was unmotivated, but but wow was a big part of it. I'd stay up till four in the morning, raiding and eating Hershey pies, and then I didn't want to wake up on time to go to school. So you no, know, I'd put that blame on the Hershey pie and not on not on wow. If I were really really looking for a scapegoat there, that's bad karma, Josh. Can't blame the Hershey pie for anything. Hershey pie is a, a holy. Holy relic. Is it? Right. Can't blame World of Warcraft. <laughs> Who's That's that to blame? Classic. It's certainly not blaming myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's a good one, Fish. Um, so, yeah, so kind of like meeting people and, yeah, kind of getting used to interacting with people when you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, know. Developing, uh, re- de- developing relationships with people that, you know, you have no way of actually physically meeting because they're like half the time across the country and um yeah i mean not everyone can develop i mean like if you're really bad with anxiety and talking to people it might seem like a joke to people but starting there is still a good starting point for some people you Mm -hmm. know definitely yeah and that was before i called you up to montana and we got an apartment and then um just got you high 24 7 so that's that's pretty much the next step to breaking through your anxiety (laughs) i think yeah all that probably fried my brain and you know yeah. we we fucked ourselves I'm over just let's call over a bunch of girls and then we smoke a blunt and we're all too high to talk to them oh this is a bad idea <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad decisions you want huh. yeah yeah looking back that's my biggest regret you know bunch of girls everyone's just high now no one's yeah. talking to each other yeah if you could do it again over... you just wouldn't invite the girls yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just hop on WoW and start talking to people. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I remember, I think for me, my, as far as just like, this is weird. Like, I thought of this when you we were talking about this topic. For some reason, I thought about the fact that, like, a lot of my anxiety actually stems from, like, kind of like what we do for the sword chomp in a weird way. Like, uh, I know, for instance, I was a kid, a lot of my anxiety came to the fact that I really wanted to be in the industry somehow or to have some sort of contribution to the industry. And it just didn't seem like it was ever going to happen. We had a failed podcast. I was I mean, when I was a kid, I was writing shitty reviews for Rugrats and Cool Borders on PS1 um, because that's that's just the kind of nerd I was. I was writing strategy guides for uh, Tomb Raider 3, how to find the four wheeler in, in the mansion. Um, I, uh, was just, I've been a nerd since the beginning and I always wanted to be in the industry. And then I just was like, well, at this point I'm 30 years old, I don't think it's ever going to happen. So like the impending anxiety of life and feeling like I wasn't going to be able to do something. Thankfully, sword chomp has changed that because even though it's not really a full-time job, it's the closest thing I have to that sort of creative outlet where people enjoy it. We get feedback and then also a small amount of financial income from our amazing patrons. Thank you all very much. So like for me, weirdly enough, a lot of my anxiety in my life has stemmed from wanting to do something, you know, with my uh, passion or interest for for the industry, um, which is weird, which is kind of a strange thing. That, but I've always put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm like, well, I don't want to be 50 years old and 50 years old and be like, well, fuck, you know, because if you know you like something at a young age, you kind of want to get into it. Like, I'm like, when I'm looking at through my EGM at 11 years old and I'm looking at all these editors like Mark McDonald and Shane Battenhouse and all these people and um, and I'm just sitting there like, wow, 
a shoe. And I'm like, these, these are grown adults that play video games for a living. This is the greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like this, this seems like the coolest job. And like, and then, you know, at a young age, that's kind of what you want to do. And I always got a music when I was older, but music was always a secondary thing for me, if I'm honest, because I was into games at a much younger age. But anyways, that's weirdly enough where a lot of my life anxiety comes from uh, stress. But. Hmm. Mm. I could circle back to you, Shay. I know you kind of started this off, but I wanted to give you a chance to uh, elaborate as well. Yeah. Yeah, I one of the things I wanted to mention that Josh had mentioned earlier is kind of like the cost of gaming because I know, you know, going through high school and stuff and uh, beyond, you know, sometimes I would get shit for playing video games, um, basically... Because people would be like, why would you waste your money on that? You know, like, I don't want to waste my money on that. And I get it. Like, there are other things in the world you can do, like travel and stuff like that. But, you know, when I was playing video games much more heavily, like right now, I don't get to play as much as I ideally would like to because I'm busy. But and sometimes I just don't make the time. I choose not to. But when I did, when I was younger, it wasn't because I was being lazy or... uh. I wasn't being lethargic. It was like more coming from a place of I needed security and I needed kind of something constant in my life. And as much as I wanted to make changes, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I felt kind of like paralyzed. Like I was, I was so afraid to go out and adventure in the world and see things. And, um, you know, sitting there at night playing video games really just, it would help me. Like, I remember when I was, um, I think about seven or eight years old, like the first time something like that really happened to me, like I was, I was having some family shit going on and, uh, I would pop on Shining Force, which is probably why it's my favorite game in the world. Um, and I would just play that and it, it would, it really helped me get through a lot of things. And, um, when I got a little bit older and Comfort I graduated, okay. yeah, yeah. And when I graduated, uh, high school, I really got into Call of Duty because that was like the first community game that I ever really played. I I was working at Coca-Cola at the time and um you know, I just had all these friends that were always on that wanted to play. And I even met people that lived in the same town as me um on there that I didn't know exist and I met people around the world um through through playing that game and uh you know, as much as much shit as I give something like Call of Duty or a shooter now, like during that time, it just it really pulled me through like some of that really like that shit that I just couldn't get through. You know, it, it, it gave me a sense of community and a sense of belonging, whereas like somewhere in my life, I didn't feel like, you know, I had maybe real friends or I, I had consistent friends or genuine friends. So I would pop on my my game and I would play with people who would consistently be there and just want to play and bullshit about anything. Like I I talked to some random guy for like three hours about metalcore bands back when I was really into metalcore and it was awesome because we're sitting there on the same team just playing Call of Duty and playing and these other guys are listening to us and they're like, you guys sound like you work for like Rolling Stone or something like that. We're like, no, we just love music and we just sat there and talked about it. And that uh, metalcore guy that you talked to, that was me, actually. Hi. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> but no, it was just like just things like that, you know. It just it, it gave me a sense of belonging. It gave me a it gave me an outlet to have some form of 
control in my life and to basically just work through those things that I needed to work through. And sometimes even now to this day, I still come back and do that. You know, I talked about this a lot in our old podcast and I'm like, it hasn't changed. You know, if something like really, something really bad is happening to me um, and I just feel kind of like paralyzed by that. I go on and I pop a video game and I just get invested in that world. Is it healthy? Maybe it's not, but I, I don't know. I, you know, like I'm not a psychologist, but like I sit down and I just get absorbed in that world. And at the end of the day, for me, it, it's not always healthy. And I know that, but the times that it is healthy, the times that I regulate it, um, it really helps me a lot. It really does. It, there, that's a good transition, uh, and we can continue this conversation among us as well. Splice a couple comments in here. Wookie Butt said, the best thing about gaming is that it lets you feel in control when your life around you feels out of control. But that was a, a really nice comment. Um, and by the way, I want to say this to our community. i just been so happy to see, like, one of the cool things when we do these questions, just seeing other people responding and liking and like communicating with other listeners and followers like yes it's it's so cool to see instead of just like everyone just kind of shouting to us i feel like there's a nice dialogue with other people that would that you know is the whole point of it all really so it's really organically grown this past year i love to see that just like uh it really is starting to feel like a community on that instagram and i love that that feeling you know because obviously since i recently got an instagram i'm trying to go in there and do that as well I want to talk with people because I want it to be a community, and it's cool to see that. That's what I'm trying to get Fish in there, so Fish can talk to the community as well. You know, he has the VIP Instagram page, you know, but, you know, (laughs) we're trying to get Fish in there. We're working on it. We're working on it. No promises. Um, I think you just kind of ousted yourself for who really runs that page now. (laughs) Well, I mean... We'll edit that out. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's see. Uh, What are you talking about? Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Stop in Joe. <laughs> Stop in Joe uh, said video games have given me a place to explore an adventure with no limits. On top of the in game, I found an accepting community through gaming that I never found elsewhere, which is kind of what Shay was also talking about there. Um, almost exactly. And also, Jake and Wynn said, For me, gaming has been a way for me to escape from the stress of life for an hour or so. Taking the time to step back and take a breather helps me regain focus. On everything and helping it, think it helps me improve my mental awareness and, and help coping with stress and stuff like that. Um, no, so like one weird thing for me I know um, is that only to like it does help me a lot with anxiety and depression. But if I'm going through something bad in my life, I can't game. It's weird. Like I remember when me and Fish were younger and I was having a lot of women problems. I could not enjoy like playing Pokemon. I remember we brought this brand new Pokemon game. I couldn't get into it. I remember when I went through my divorce, I couldn't play Donkey Kongs. Like when I was having that the. the anxiety attacks my life was falling apart i couldn't play pokemon but like as i've uh, more recently i was learning to cope with it in different ways i was having a lot of breathing anxieties last year and weirdly enough resident evil 7 in vr helped a lot because as my therapist pointed out i'm basically putting myself inside of a terrifying situation where all i can think about for an extended period of time is fear and terror and this virtual world right i'm putting this head on um this virtual headset on i'm going inside of this dark creepy place you know my breathing anxieties and my anxiousness are kind of falling away because all i'm focused on is this virtual world that's one of the biggest reasons i got into vr and one of the reasons i'm so bummed that this year has sucked so badly for vr because it's so good for anxiety i know you guys have probably read that people use vr for like physical therapy and stuff like that it's supposed to be really fantastic a lot of 
um, physical therapy place to use it. But like for anxiety as well, like I, I'm telling you, like as someone who's having intense breathing anxiety, Resident Evil 7 was something that helped me a lot because it was just like ter- – and she's like, that's weird that you like to play in another form of anxiety to get rid of your other anxiety. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know either, but um, there's some there's something to that. Um yeah, Josh, is there anything else you wanted to add to this as well as we transition? I mean, what, how you're kind of uh, processing all this or expanding on this? Um, I mean, I think we we brought it up at the beginning and then never really touched on it. But I mean, when Fish or when Shay mentioned Hellblade, um, but I've been really impressed with the way games have actually handled mental illness, um, and just psychology in general um in in several forms i mean not not all games do it well there's all always you know always somebody screwing it up but uh but on Yay. the whole there are a lot of good examples of uh of games like that i mean like we we mentioned hellblade hellblade is excellent at getting across just that experience um is there any others? I couldn't think of any. Is there any other games Hellblade, that have been... Uh, Celeste? Celeste came out earlier this year, which okay, is yeah, yeah, a that's little true. ham-fisted with the way it handles it, but still manages to kind of... I mean, it's a, it's a 2D platformer, so, I mean, how nuanced do you really expect it to be? It, I feel it hmm. did fine for what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Psychonauts is one of the greatest games of all time, and... The the three platforming levels you play there are all in someone else's mind and are mm-hmm. done just amazingly. That's that's a that's a that's a game that you can find cheaply pretty much wherever. I'm sure the Steam summer sale's on right now. You could probably go pick it up for thirty five cents or whatever at this point. If you still haven't played it, it's it still plays really well. It still it still is a game that worth worth going back and playing if you haven't. Yeah. Um and it handles that really well because it's showing um just brief primer here uh the whole premise behind that game is that you as a psychonaut are have you know there's this group of essentially psychic superheroes who protect the world in this universe and can you know do the regular you know telekinesis and whatnot but can also enter people's minds and, you know, just see what's going on in their heads. And the the way it handles each mind you go into is it's, it's fun and it's funny, but it's still really respectful of all the different things that these people are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, it makes them all really relatable. Yeah, um, in a way that's just—it's just great. It's still—it's still one of my favorite games to play. It's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's wonderful. I'm. Yeah, yeah, I've I've missed out on that one sadly, um, and it sucks. I need what's one I need to go back and play. So, for a lot of good things about it. there's a I heard a lot of good things about the Psychonauts in VR thing. It's like an an afternoon thing you can do in VR. Maybe I'll if I can find that for real cheap. I should I should get your opinion on that, Josh. Maybe down the road, but um. Yeah, good things about Psychonauts, for mm-hmm. sure. What about you, Fish? 
What about fish? <laughs> what, what about fish? Well, I mean, we've covered. Let's put, let me phrase it this way: We've covered sort of like how you approach it as a kid. But is there is there games now? Do you find that they relieve anxiety? Do they cause more anxiety because of your family? Like, how where, where are you at right now in your life in sort of that tug of war between the two? I mean, because oh. you're much different. Like back when we were joking around about you playing RuneScape, you were a young adolescent just hoping to get his micro penis into the world. Now you're a grown man with a family. You're, you're in a different right. place. Still trying to get my micro penis into the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's got to be a hole small enough somewhere. I'll find it, Josh. Don't worry. Yeah, thank God for those um, yeah, maybe artificial insemination plants. Maybe a very small bead or something. You know. <laughs> bead. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> Give him a neck. Give that boy a necklace and he'll be busy for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sorry, Fish. <laughs> A necklace and lube. That sounds like a good night. <laughs> That's a mm-hmm. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, go cook yourself some macaroni. Go American to town. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> macaroni. Oh, the, the macaroni's have a nice... They got the shape. Yeah, the macaroni has the natural bend to it already, so... <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice and soft too, and if you, mm-hmm. you know, pull them right out of... Yeah, <laughs> and if that enlargement <laughs> surgery... Pays off. You can you can upgrade to some penne. <laughs> that is not dried parmesan cheese. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> now I was thinking he might Baby go corkscrew pasta to emulate what? a duck. <laughs> oh yeah, the corkscrew <laughs> thing going on mm-hmm. the, for the duck micro out there. Which, yeah, okay, fish. Yeah. Continue. Well, uh, I kind of share some of uh, those comments that you read off. Um, about you know everything in life being a little chaotic at times for people and going to video games to kind of escape um i i I share that because like a lot of times like in life a lot of things is very complicated at times whether you're dealing with stress or dealing with people or um you know just everything about life that in general like you come across like anything necessarily it all it's it's all just revolving around you at times and like you just don't feel like you have a full grasp on anything there and whenever you go into a game world it's it's very simple the mission is clear to you and having kind of that focus in a video Mm. game kind of alleviates all that it's like clarity like gives you a yeah 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 because there's a lot it sort of like cuts out the background noise of life metaphorically Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah and that's it's such a good stress relief to kind of just zone out you know whether you're you know killing bad bad guys or in a running down small dogs yeah, exactly. Oh, you <laughs> that wasn't a small dog. That was a big dog, actually. He made a nice, a, nice big a... boom. <laughs> uh, it's only funny because I mean, obviously, we don't find running over dogs funny, but it was there's just something about the shock and horror of accidentally running over a dog that you'll see on the video if you get sign up for yeah, our Patreon. I feel you, fish. <laughs> I feel you, fish. I accidentally nearly ran over a bald eagle. Oh, <laughs> jeez, he almost committed treason there. Yeah, right? Country. Yeah, before we moved, we actually had a... Considering how 
horribly their population is doing, a fairly large population of bald eagles near our old house. And one of them Hmm. noticed some roadkill that was right in front of our car and swooped down Mm -hmm. right in front of it, inches away from the hood of our car as I was going somewhere. And I, yeah, slammed on my brakes and nearly avoided running over a bald eagle, which... Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What would, what would you have done? Should That's you have what hit I that? To know. Bald what, eagle. What, what even is the process it, there? It would be a, it's you'd it's have... regular roadkill, but it's a yeah. bald eagle. Like what? What Oof. do you do then? You, it's... So actually, I read about this the other day. Funnily enough, did you say funnily? And, uh, basically, you're supposed to just... funnily. Is that a word? Funnily. Oh yeah. yeah, I believe you. I just I've never heard it before. Yeah, no, it's a word. Um, you're supposed. To... To basically call the authorities and just let them know what happened. It's like it's not your fault at that mm-hmm. point. If you know you're driving and an eagle but, decided the grill was yeah. it's the best place to make but a do nest. They, do they do they take the eagle fuck, though? Some fucking depressed. Of course, eagle. of course. You can't. You cannot own it's anything my way out. from an eagle. I'm gonna do it. Oh. I'm gonna do it, Bob. <laughs> this time I mean it. No, yeah, you. Um, <laughs> you know what? The funny thing about eagles are that they're actually more scavengers than they are hunters, which I find. I was reading about that the other day. That's a misconception. They're still a cool yeah. animal, but they're more of like uh, they're more vultury than you think they would be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, if it's all right, there's one last thing I wanted to say about this topic, and then uh, I suppose whoever else. No, wants we're not. To say we're we're not done. You're fine. I'm just, let me slip okay. in a couple more comments here, and yeah, we can go back to you here. Okay. Um, Lucas Laid said, I've suffered from mental health issues all my life, from little bearable things to massive spurts or I want to die-ness. Uh, playing games helps me zone out and distress, um, de-stress myself, sorry. I was going to say, you don't want to distress yourself. De-stress <laughs> myself by taking my mind off the real world for a short period of time. Massive open world games like Final Fantasy, Fallout, etc. Um, this is from one of our close friends, Sector 7 Item Shop, which by the way, she has an incredible Instagram page as well. She's going to be a guest on our podcast in a few weeks here. Um, she said she started her shop during a time of high stress. It's not directly related to the actual playing of games, but creating game art or fan art was a means to get me um, off my medication. Hmm. Here lately, I've turned to actual playing because it's been easier than sitting down and creating. That takes planning, and my stress level lately has been far beyond what I'd ever thought possible, which is something I can relate to, too. Sometimes it's like almost too stressful to create even though you want to, and um, that can be tough. That's something I run into a lot when I go to make videos and stuff for our site, and it's like I come home from work, and my lady wants to hang out for a while, and then I'm like I'm just finally getting down to make a video at like 11 o'clock at night, and you're just like I want to do this, and I'm just like ugh. Sometimes I just want to be like, babe, I love you, but I'd rather make this video than sit down and watch a TV show. But that's not going to fly. All men know that's not going to fly. I'm going to get my dick chopped off. Um, So, And I don't want my dick chopped off just yet. Maybe down the road. uh, You should look into some of those like casting kits where you can you know make your own oh, make your own mold mm-hmm. yeah 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 just for those those moments when you really that's need a true. multitask that's true that's true mm-hmm. um i unfortunately i think my penis is the least interesting thing about me for her so i don't think that's going to distract her for very long well, but i mean on the bright side with the standard size kit you could probably make two Oh, that's true. Yeah, I could so, do a double-sided you know, Morgan Dildo. That'd be cool. Point. Yeah. One. Yeah. You know, you're saying that your penis is the most um, uninteresting thing about you. I think you're really overselling your elbow, Morgan. 
That's true. I think you're That's really true. overselling a lot of things about it. I don't you. know. It's it's a good elbow. Look at it. Look it's at solid, it. You're covering it up. Not, you think you think fine. we don't deserve that it's elbow. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're shit. ashamed of Woo! the elbow. Woo! Oh, I got the dry. Oh elbow. my. I know. I showed you the tip. Um let's see. Dear set God, underscore that weenus. <laughs> that we- look at the little dry flakes on the tip. Um, Nisette underscore photography said, "If being an avid video that game, that pasty and that ashy, <laughs> it's magic. It's the magic of being. If being an avid video game player is now a mental health issue, how have NFL, NHL, MLB, etc., not been labeled as such? I don't know if it's a mental health issue per se. Um, my dad was telling me that he was doing some research when he was doing some um, therapy about like how people have like serious gaming addictions and stuff. But I don't." know if i wouldn't consider this a mental health issue so maybe they misunderstood that's the issue the it just got classified as such in the u.s nowhere else in the world because they have fucking brains but yeah they were it's classified as an addiction now and at ridiculous numbers it's like 20 hours a week was the limit which is like a passing interest in video games is considered a Maybe that's now, maybe that's maybe twenty hours. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but um, it's interesting. I'd have to think more on that before I had an opinion on my own. I didn't know that until just now. Hmm. So, well, that's it's fairly recent. That's been last month or so. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's what. Um, I think that's what he was referencing. Yeah. NC underscore photography was probably uh, referencing. Uh, let's see here. Had uh, ch- ch- a couple more quick ones here, and then we'll throw it back to Shay. Flaming Wing Twenty Seven said, "For me, gaming has reduced the anxiety I've experienced in the past. I remember I took some time away from gaming to focus on my business, and it turned out I wasn't happy with the industry I was building my reputation into. I walked away to avoid stress, anxiety, episodes of depression, to rediscover myself." Hmm. Um, Dumb thing is, games help me focus more on my family and work than worry about the opinions and criticism on social media. Honestly, gaming saved me from losing everything as crazy as that sounds. Um, doesn't sound crazy to me. I mean, whatever whatever works for you. Um, I'll throw it back to you before I read these last ones, Shay. You said you wanted something to add. Yeah, one, one other thing, like, mentally that's video games have kind of helped me with is they've always kind of grounded me in a way as well like not just through all like the sad times but if i've ever felt like i don't know like like if there's something rough like rough going on it kind of helps me pick myself back up as well in a way that's something i didn't like specifically go into but if you know there's something going on and i'm really worried about the outcome for example like if if i was to give an example like starting that new podcast um, something I was really worried about making that next leap to do. If I sit down and play a video game and like I'm somewhat successful in the video game, it kind of grounds me. It's like, all right, if I can play this, you know, quote unquote, stupid video game and actually beat it and do something in it, why can't I be successful in my real life? Like, why can't I start this new podcast? Why can't I do these things in my life? Why not? And then for me, it kind of it gives me that confidence as well to just kind of step out in the world and say, okay, yeah, I can do this. I, I can, you know, achieve more. I can be the best version of myself. And that that's that's something I don't think really gets talked about enough in kind of like the video game world is 
a lot of people say, you know, yeah, it, it is used as a way to kind of deal with anxiety and depression, but we, I don't think we talk about enough how it kind of gives us confidence and gives us strength, you know, especially like even when you're playing in those community uh, environments, like, like Josh was saying with the World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Um, he, he's told us this story about how two of his friends, you know, got married when they played that game. For instance, like, what if that you're playing World of Warcraft or a game, a community game like that, and there there is, you know, a man and a woman or a man, a man, woman, woman, whatever it is, and that situation gives them the confidence to talk to another human being and trying to interact with a in a romantic setting or something like just for example, I think video games give a lot of people confidence to, you know, kind of go out there and achieve. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to delve in too much into it right now because I want to do this for a topic for another show, but I was actually thinking the other day about games that inspired us in our real life. Like let's say, let's say guitar hero inspired you to play real guitar or something. Um, video games that actually inspired you to do something real, but that's like a whole nother topic for another day. That um, is. That is, but that's a really good point. Um, you know, it kind of it helped me discover my love of drumming, mm-hmm. and yeah. it kind of re it, it reinforced your playing guitar and the magic behind that. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a couple other good, yeah. So maybe we'll, that'd be a great topic for another day down the road, maybe. Um, how video games? I think actually I'm surprised their... we haven't done that as a topic. Yeah, yet. that's weird. Huh? It's true. It's pretty, very true. Um, yeah, and then uh, Captain Hawk or Captain HWK said, gaming is how I deal with stress and how I get away from normal everyday life, work, children, adulting. Been there. It's also a strong way I bond with my children. Gaming really reconnects people uh, that you never really connect with on personal levels. And a lot of these are great comments. Sometimes if they launch into, like, connecting with family and stuff like that, um, those are, like, things we could talk about on a whole other show, family and video games and stuff, uh, which we sort of did. And there's just so many cool ways you could take this, and these are all great comments. Uh, Border Jumper Mel, good friend of the show, said, I think having online game out- gaming outlets is a wonderful outlet for the- for those who sometimes can't physically be around people, a.k.a. fish. Um, during a dark time dealing with divorce, death, and injury, Destiny 2 came out, and being able to not leave my home but play and laugh with friends online was exactly what I needed, which is very true. Um, that's that's a, a really cool story. I've been there before, too, as well. Uh, and uh, Cheesy Play said, in all honesty, I don't find... Uh, gaming is a mental health issues as someone who deals with depression i cannot compare the two what gaming has done for me over the course of 20 years is absolutely incredible i met strangers became friends with so many people through online gaming guess that my job interactions are at a high because i see kids and even fathers rocking gaming shirts or hats and talk to them about um it on a very personal level so it's uh, a lot of fantastic comments here thanks again to everyone who who chimed in uh, community is just uh, amazing. And yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. And that's one of the things I was going to say sort of in closing. If you guys have something else to add, you can as well. I don't want to just shut this off if you have something else on the app. But I know it's for, for me as someone who has a anxiety disorder that's caused huge problems in my life, ga- gaming is like one of the best forms of escapism. It really does help because you're distracted. You know, even I, I hate to say this, but remember the mobile game addictions we were into with Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy Brave XV is Fish? Like, those games hit me at a point where I was just like, I need to not think about my anxious breathing or anxiety attacks right now. So I just put on a TV show and I would just grind at those stupid games. And now I look back at those games and I'm like, fuck those gross mobile games. But like there was something about them that just was able to pull me. It's even in an insidious way because they're kind of addictive and nasty. But um, there was something about them that was able to pull me out of my problems. And, and that's that was still a helpful thing. Yeah. And so Yeah, well, and that's... 
I mean, that's something that I we should talk about as well. It, at at some point, um, is games can be addictive. Like a lot of people, a lot of gamers like to just completely discount that. Oh no, no, there's games aren't addictive. It's it's just these people who have their addictive tendencies. Some games are specifically made. Some, especially mobile mobile games, like you mentioned, are specifically made yeah, to be addicting. True. And yeah. I. I, I think we really need to not we, we 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 shouldn't give that a pass whenever we notice games that are specifically made with with that sort of mechanic in mind to just suck people in to levels that are not what they would put into the game if these horrible systems weren't there. Yeah, yeah, just like the level of exploitation. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole topic for another show, too, in and of itself. Like, is it okay to fight one addiction with another? <laughs> like, is it okay for me to fight my anxiety addi- uh, stress with an addiction? To distract myself from my panic attacks with these addictive evil things? Uh, mobile games, some of the mobile yeah. games, for example. Like, it's, I just made that point, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, fuck. I was kind of using one nasty addiction to distract myself from my problem. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, that's... Right. Like like you said, it's not necessarily bad, but it's something that you you need to notice. It's it's important to notice whenever a company's trying to be do aware. that. Yeah. yeah. So you don't get yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. So that's right. It's well, a lot interesting of people, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's interesting that we mentioned that because, um, like something that I kind of you know am realizing as we've been talking about this during this episode that you know i i've talked a lot of shit on call of duty in the past but it really helped me get through like a lot of what i was going through or for you morgan you you've talked you know a lot of shit about mobile games i think we all have at times and realistically it's kind of helped a lot of us get through the the shit that we were going through at various points in our life you know and i wonder if there's some credence to like we sit there and talk, we talk negatively on these things because we realize that kind of embodies that low point in our life. You know, like I can talk shit on call of duty now that like, I'm not in that low point of my life, but at that time it was like the thing I needed the most to help me get through those rough times. So we talked that we talk poorly and negatively on these things that kind of really helped pull us through and because it, it becomes the embodiment of that. I think the tricky thing about Call of Duty is I think we mostly talk shit on how they've run that franchise in the ground as opposed to I think everyone liked it back when it was Modern Warfare 2 for the most part. I mean, maybe not everyone, but even I enjoyed Modern Warfare 2. So I mean, or Modern Warfare, I think the first one. So like I feel like most of the shit talk I do with Call of Duty is the fact that they just churn them out every year and it's very uninspired. Yeah. So that that's yeah. What yeah. My, yeah, yeah, my my issues is more user. more along the lines for me just talking about how we embody that. That's all. Just like oh, whether it's Call of Duty. Yes. That's yes, my example. Yeah. For you guys, I mean, it's mobile gaming. For why do I feel so gross? Or about it? May, yeah. maybe maybe Josh what? in ten years times it's gonna be World of Warcraft where he's like, Why the fuck did I play World of Warcraft so long? Maybe that will become that embodiment for him, you know, or maybe not. Well, I don't know. But, but, and I'm sorry I interrupted you, Josh. Sorry about that. No, you you said basically what I was saying anyway, so 
Well, but I think that one of the interesting differences, and I guess we can move on, is just that Josh was saying World of Warcraft from like a positive perspective. When I look back on some of the mobile games, I can see the positive of them pulling me away, but my recollection of the actual game makes me feel dirty and gross. When I look back at a lot of my other gaming games that helped me through my life i don't really look back at them as like a gross thing you know what i mean but for some reason with mobile games because they're so insidious i look back and go man that really did help me but i also remember the game as like a gross thing so it's like a weird contradiction so you're right i don't really have a great answer it's just sort of a process of thoughts i think it's because a lot of mobile games are gross like this is kind of what i was getting at not not all of them there are games that are made specifically with with stuff in mind just to keep you there forever like the you know the the timers on on some of these games oh it's you you want to do a thing check back in 45 minutes you'll be able to to do one more thing that that type of nonsense that keeps you glued to the same game all day every day is is not great it's not it's really not like if if a game doesn't fit into your life and it's vice versa, I think that's where the problems ar- just arise. So, you know, so, sometimes that that gets me thinking. Like games like that that you just mentioned, Josh, that are just grossly uh, undermining how gamers play games. Like you look at those games, like as as veterans of video games playing it, uh, pretty much our whole lives. Um, you look at those games and you can see where you want to go in that game. Like it, the the mechanics is not foreign to you. It's it's all understanding. You got to level up or collect so much gear to do this boss or whatever, or get through this point in the game. And they 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 undermine that that type of thinking that's already been ingrained in video games. And they just they they set those timers. And I, yeah, that's that's where all the disgusting shit comes from in mobile gaming is undermining that that thought that the gamer knows hey i'm going to be here at this point but all of a sudden you're you're time gated they're only undermining it because it's free because it's free if it's free you have to make money somehow and if it's not free then you would not have to do that that's the bottom line i mean they're building a free product not necessarily other games have done that in order to keep interest around i mean that's one of the reasons um so many games had daily quests and stuff like that for the longest time, just in order to keep interest there. Um, yeah. And those were done horribly for the longest time in something that I've seen Blizzard do and a few other companies have picked up recently is they've changed their daily quests to stuff that stacks, like you can have three at a time. So, you know, as long as you play every few days or so, you can just knock out a bunch at once. And it's it's not something you just constantly have to check up on um you fit it into your life whenever you want to and it's not like you're horribly missing out and and losing all these opportunities if you're not constantly on on the game um and i feel like that's something more games need to do like yeah if yeah maybe maybe you have a while there where you're time gated but you're not missing out if you're not immediately on the game as soon as that timer's up yeah um and there are a lot of games that feel that way like if you are not checking up on them constantly you're you're missing out 
I love the idea that there's somewhere in the world there was somebody complaining about the auction house in Diablo, and then they immediately pulled out their phone and paid for some progress in some mobile game. I, I just I would love the mental image of some sort of you know confusion out there because you just don't look at mobile games like that. But you're right, they're insidious. And yes, Josh, games are doing it better. Destiny had great daily quests when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, anyways, that's like weekly stuff, and I feel like that even yeah, works yeah. better. Like, the, like uh, Destiny Two, for example, had weekly quests. It was more than you could reasonably reasonably do in a day. So it was something that would get you playing a couple days a week in order to knock it out. But it wasn't something where if you weren't playing every day, you were just completely yeah. screwed. Well, and here's I mean, the trap, though. I mean, think about this, Josh. Not every game is garbage, like like Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, right? Um, what there's the trap is. Some games have incredible gameplay on mobile, but really gross pay-to-play mechanics. So I think the the issue for me is always like, fuck, this game, they actually made a good game here. But the the pay-to-play stuff is just disgusting. So it's like half gross. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like this weird, like that Elder Scrolls game that Shay plays all the time he wants to talk about later. The gameplay in there is it's a well-thought-out magic clone, right? But I assume it's also got some of that mobile nasty stuff in it as well oh of Um, course it does of course it does so it's i don't know that's a topic for i feel like we're going down a dark road here i could gladly talk about that all day down the road if you just want to do a more i think there's more to talk about there than we're really we're spiraling into the the evil of mobile games (laughs) that's what happened we started with mental health and you know that's how we ended up, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Um, there's probably <laughs> something deeper to that. Um, let's do a uh, rundown of some fun polls we did this week. Um, first and foremost, there's one here that I'm really passionate about that I'm excited to talk to you guys about. Even though I know you don't, probably don't care. But let's start with some something soft here. Uh, something delicious. Something about birthday cake in the morning. I don't know, guys, if you've ever done this. You missed the that's what she said. Holy shit. What, how did I miss it? What did I say? What did I lead up to? I said something soft, something... Want to start out with something soft, something delicious. Yeah, that's, that could work, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I missed it. I'm off my game today. What can I say? Uh, uh, leftover birthday cake for breakfast. By the way, every Tuesday we run the at... Um, and, I'm sorry, at Swordchomp on Instagram. We run the polls. You should vote. Um, because they're a lot of fun and we will talk about them briefly on the show just to kind of juice things up a little bit Um, leftover birthday cake for breakfast got 70 percent. yes and i'll tell you what i had a bunch of leftover birthday cake for my daughter's one-year-old birthday because she turned one and it was really cute and adorable um and it was the best fucking breakfast in the world very unhealthy but i was wondering have you guys ever woken up after a birthday and scarfed down some birthday cake leftover birthday cake for breakfast hells yeah yeah that's why i always make my own cakes instead of having some store-bought sheet cake fucking garbage to have the next day like my daughter usually gets a pound cake or something along those lines like the the fucking good shit because we're gonna be eating that the rest of the week and uh yeah pound cake specifically is really good for breakfast Because you can you can even toast yeah. pound cake. Oh, yeah, you can. It's mm-hmm. real dense and yep. not too sugary. Like, that's I, yeah, that's at. like the perfect. Yeah, like perfect I, cake for breakfast. Several years, she is she has specifically requested a chocolate pound cake just because I make a 
really nice chocolate pound cake. And we'll Apparently your daughter's much highbrow than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I like the box cake. I, I don't like the store-bought cakes as much, like, but I like the box cakes. But I can't make them, so it's usually a family member that has to make the box cake with love, and then they're the best thing in the world. But, I mean, I don't – like the, the, a lot of the standard cakes people buy from, like, Albertsons or whatever, and, uh, I mean, they're fine, but that's not what really gets me going. They're I like serviceable. It. Yeah, what are the call? Pils- is that Pillsbury? Is it Pillsbury that makes the box cakes? Maybe that's who it is. I don't know. Uh, I'm oh, sure I, they do. Betty, Betty Crocker. Crocker. Betty Crocker makes the yeah. Betty Crocker, yes. better. God damn it. Mixed cakes. It's Some of those are pretty good. They are pretty good. Yeah. You know what I miss though is uh, Dairy Queen's ice cream cakes. My God, do I miss those? Mm. I've never had one of those. Yeah. Dude, they're so good. How have you not had one? I don't know, but I could take ice cream and mix it with cake. So. Well, we're actually having this fight right Dude, now. Dude, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to go no, get one. No, no, you can't do it. got to go my, get um, My fiance hates cake, so we're having this big fight because mm. for our wedding, she wants to have a cookie cake. And I'm like, well, I want to have a groom's cake. That's a real cake because I, I want a real cake. So we're having this weird, like, debate right now because you me and my fiance— cake-like things. Yes, but I know, but— well, and, and I have a variety probably... of cakes instead of doing, like, you... a big wedding cake. We had, I'm trying to think what all, I think, I think the main cake, the slightly larger one that we cut was a carrot cake, um, which yeah, is on the outskirts, the outskirts of what is cake yeah. really, because that's, it's closer to a muffin as far as the actual construction going on yeah. in there. Such a rough dough. What if, I don't know, never mind what if you had cake. like for your wedding cake, each like tier was a different cake each tier yeah, oh yeah, so yeah like yeah. you know how well, it's yeah, like multi-layered yeah, yeah. well not different ki- i've done different flavors but never different kinds which would be interesting a pound cake on top of regular cake on top of a devil's food cake or whatever um, yeah you can tie them together know. with the frosting as long as they all go with cream cheese frosting or something that could work i think yeah, I, I think she wants to do a cookie cake, so I'll let you guys know how that goes for her. I'm doing a fucking groom's cake. I don't give a fuck. It's going to happen. I want cake. I want to eat cake all night long, and I want to eat cake Queen. the next day. Go, get, go to Dairy Queen, print off a picture of the lemon party, Yeah, and have them put that on the cake. <laughs> no. Please, for the love of God, do that. I just remembered the lemon party. I just remembered the lemon party. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, fine, 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 fine. I will concede if you at least put some blue waffles on the cake. You're not gonna suck me into this. I know what you're doing. I know all of these things, Shay. I know all of these. You've showed us. I'm not trying to suck you into this. I'm trying to suck any. Listeners who are still living in 2001 who don't know these things. Okay. Go Google that too. <laughs> don't. Just, Shay has a whole we list love of you. things you can see. Don't do it. Discord. Just. Shay doesn't. Obviously. Obviously, he wants to see you hurt yourselves. <laughs> uh, I've been super excited about this. Um,. Alicia Vikander killed it as Laura Croft, came back 76%. I am so happy with our fans. Um, Terminator movie, actually pretty solid. Has anybody here seen it yet? Nope. Nay. 
I uh, I wasn't really going to rent it, but I had this really weird dream about an ex of mine dressed up as Tomb Raider, and it was like a really strange dream. Um, it got really it got really deep and 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 deranged. Um, at one point, a guy, the president, choked on a tic tac, and there was a guy who transferred his soul through an electronic pipeline to become Tomb Raider. It was weird, but um, anyways, I had this really weird dream about Tomb Raider. It made me want to go rent the movie, so I was playing Pokemon. And I threw it on in the background. I will say this: here's my like 20 second rundown of this movie. The girl who plays Tomb Raider, she's an. I didn't know this, but she won an Oscar for a movie called The Danish Girl, and. She is a incredible actress, and I really like her version of Tomb Raider. And she sells the whole movie. Um, plot's pretty straightforward. A couple nice twists at the end, but it's you know it's what you get. Here's the craziest thing, guys. This blew my mind. Remember when I was making fun of the Tomb Raider trailer back in the day on the podcast because the trailer looks so fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Most, I remember most of that trailer, including the really cringy scene where she holds up the two guns and goes, "I'll take two. and you're like, "Oh God, this movie's gonna be a train wreck." That's actually, minor spoilers here, that is after the end of the movie. That literally, that joke, stupid scene is at the end of the movie, post-title credits. That's, and a couple of those scenes where she's jumping all over the place in the trailer are at the very end of the movie. They're very earned. So, like, I didn't expect this, but the first, like, 30, 40 minutes of the film is all character development. That's all it is. It's all, Hmm. it's what I wanted, which was basically less action, but have it tastefully done and the trailer now here's the tricky thing they could it would have been hard to make a trailer for this movie i'm gonna be honest with you they tried their best you know what i mean but there it's a very hard movie to make a trailer for because they did a terrible job and i think it's why it didn't do well in the in the u.s but it did do well overseas as another poll i put up says um it made over almost 300 million outside the u.s and um a lot of people didn't know that so I didn't know that either until I was looking up. I was like, man, I like this movie. It's too bad it was a bomb because everyone was telling me it was a bomb. And then I looked it up and it wasn't a bomb because in America, we get a little too focused on like our like in America, someone will come out and write. But this movie was a disaster. But they don't really tell you that the movie made a lot of money overseas. It's like they don't count the rest of the world for some reason. Like half the actors and actresses in this film are foreign. Like this movie did incredible overseas. It's like I don't know why they don't count the rest of the fucking world. So well, listen here, partner. None of the rest of the world cares or matters for that matter because the best goddamn country represents the red, white, and blue. Thank you, Buck, for your guest appearance on the Chomcast. Hey, Buck, I got one yeah, question. Who was that guy? Wait, can you bring Buck back? I got a question for Buck. Hi, Eddie, partner. Hey, Buck, um, are you here to fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fuck with you anybody who fucks with the red, white, and blue. That's right. <laughs> they're gonna fuck with me. Yeah. They're gonna. Buck's brother fuck Billy showed up. Wow, we got a whole podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> we got Buck and Billy here, man. Hold oh, up. Shit. Okay. What I, <laughs> I heard something oh, shit, about fucking. This? Who's fucking who here? Tommy, get in on it. Somebody rang the dinner bell. Tommy showed up. So I'm gonna be yeah. fucking with my brother. They're gonna be fucking with me too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hold up. All right. Um, get out of here, guys. Get out of here. We got a show to do. Come on. Come on. We are the Seed Brothers, and we're gonna fuck each other. <laughs> the Seed? No. Don't you dare. Don't you? You're gonna fill all. The- we just wrote a <laughs> John- better story than all those writers working for Far Cry Five. Johnson. <laughs> 
John needs you to fill his holes. Fill his holes for him. He's going to fill um, all our holes. <laughs> I'm not going to let Josh suck me in that time. Um, okay, let's see here. I did a joke poll. Frieza is the coolest Dragon Ball Z character, sort of an homage to our guest character last week. It was just a joke, but of course it got we, crushed. We had a character on the show? <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> we had a, our guest character, Erica Suarez, from last... If you didn't check out last week's show, you should check it out. It was a fun show. Um, she was a big DBZ fan, and she agreed. Somebody messaged me and said Cooler would be the coolest DBZ character because he would be cooler than Frieza. But technically, I went to our experts, Erica, from last week's show, and she said, uh-uh, Cooler is from the movies only, and she wouldn't consider him real canon so she has laid down the law frieza is the coolest ice cold no but seriously i came back 73 percent no because nobody likes frieza because he has purple lips it's all about cell dude cell See, i don't cool get that fuck. people said cell was really cool i never thought i like cell's fine with his big green like ear things but i never thought you really think cell was the coolest villain of all the villains uh you know that's like maybe this is bias um, which almost ninety nine percent is. I w- that's when I was at the the like the heyday of viewing Dragon Ball Z is during the Cell Saga. Um, I kind of came in on the tail end of the Namek 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 Saga. God, it's been so long since I've seen that. And um, I did I did watch most of the Frieza arc and it was okay. And I watched all of the Cell Saga and goddamn, it just like. Not to nerd out too much, but just like what everyone had to kind of go through to get to that next level. And Cell's music was just fucking fire. And I don't say that phrase ever. It was fire. Fire. Like, I could still hum it to this day, which I'm not going to. But, but Shay, Frieza has so, purple lips. It's all about Cell. I mean, he has purple lips. Oh. Cell. Fish, who's the coolest DBZ villain? Who you got? Majin Buu. Yeah, you're disqualified. What? Uh, shut the. F- just because you look like one of your little fuck toys? Come on. Oh, I don't have the a sec- fuck toy. The second best me. villain was Chi Chi. <laughs> Chi Chi. Uh, Josh <laughs> is you know the biggest Goku's... DBZ fan of us all. Yeah. Josh, uh, who's the best DBZ villain? Lay it down. Uh, the best DBZ villain is DBZ. It's its no, own it's worst a... enemy. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. <laughs> That was the Dragon Ball Z portion of the show, brought to you by four people that don't know anything <laughs> about Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I used to be really obsessed with Dragon Ball Z back in the day, weirdly enough. I, yeah, I could go into a whole thing. But yeah, I liked it a lot when I was a kid. I wouldn't say obsessed. Like, right when it was over, Gundam Wing would come on, and me and Fish would just start jerking each other off in unison. But I really did like Dragon Ball Z a lot, so... But I was a Gundam Wing kid because it was more emo and more my style. It's like, oh, I'm so emo, like Zex Marquis in the Epion. <sighs> Can we cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, last, if last the three, week... if the three Seed Brothers are staying in, that's staying in. <laughs> mm, this, this, the three Seed Brothers. That sounds like a new porn site next to Bang Brothers. It's a spinoff. Um, let's see here. If you, th- this one surprised me. If you think Mankey is a cool Pokemon, seek professional help. This should have been a 100%. It came back tied. 50-50. That means oh, 50, shit. 50% of people think Mankey is kind of a cool Pokemon. Hell yeah, he is. He is kind of mm-hmm. a cool Pokemon. <laughs> he is kind of a cool Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. 
fuck it, this is this world that I'm living in. That might be the most startled I've ever been by any poll we've ever ran. He's saying half half pig, half monkey. I don't think he's a pig. Look at his nose. It's a snout. He's just a very so, tall tribble. So because he has a snout yeah. nose, he's <laughs> half pig. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's let's say one. Not hairy pig. enough to be that, Josh. Well, and it's you normally don't see the arms and legs because they're so short. That's. What did Josh say? I missed his joke because I was yelling. Say it is. Say it one more time, Josh. I said he's just a very tall tribble. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what a tribble. Star is. Trek. Oh, okay. Star Trek. Star Trek. All right. Sorry. <laughs> You say that as the one time, like, what was it? Was it right before I left or a, a few years ago? We both uh, we both sat on your couch, did, did some stuff, and uh, that sounds actually really dirty. Poor, we both sat down. We, al- we altered our there, Morgan. Yeah, we both, poor, we both sat on my couch. Uh, Star Trek. Trying to tell us we to both... live long and prosper, and he's really telling us <laughs> that the shocker is really cool. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. Yeah, me, me and Shay, we fisted each other, and then we watched some Star Trek. It was a good night. Um, Who doesn't do that, to be honest? I mean, it's really. Oh, wow. If my asshole isn't sore, then I'm not ready to have trek you, Have out. you really watched Star Trek if your anus isn't bleeding? That's the next poll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with no context. No context. Neck. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about sriracha. Like I, I said this jokingly, because you know whatever you like is fine. But like everywhere I go now, these restaurants, the, all these Japanese restaurants are trying to serve me sriracha, and I'm more of a chili paste guy. Um, I just don't understand the appeal of sriracha. What? It sort of tastes like spicy ketchup to me. What um, all? When did Great Falls get a bunch of Japanese restaurants? Is my question. Because there's there just, are so there's really many just questions there. There's just none of those things you just said make any sense. Okay, let's start with the first one that didn't make any sense. What the was first, the first one, against? why is it being served at a Japanese restaurant? It's not a Japanese condiment. It's like kind of... It has that... Japanese lettering on the bottom of it. No, it doesn't. Mm, I'm looking at the bottom. It's oh, Korean. It's oh, Korean. Okay. You big dummy. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it is on a lot of <laughs> Japanese food because it's on a lot of American food, too, because the original condiment is basically just a chili sauce. It's got tons of fresh chilies and garlic and it, salt. It tastes and different lots than of good stuff. you can buy this like chili paste. Josh has probably seen it. It's like a thicker, goopy stuff, and it's really good. But something about sriracha is almost like sweet, almost like ketchupier to me. I don't. If you're don't buying the off-brand shit, yes, because it's much cheaper to buy tomatoes and just spice them up. Like actual huh. sriracha is a chili sauce. I, like, I it should is buy these two all sauces. Chilies. And compare them for you, Josh, and show you what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, like if you get taste... just the what, the hangat tang sriracha, like the original actual sriracha. Yeah, it's great. Any off-brand stuff is not worth getting. It's all it's all garbage. Um, well, 64 percent of our listeners said no. It is not a plague. Do you guys agree that it's not a plague? I'm yes and no. Like actual sriracha is great. But it is on everything now. They're fucking putting it in everything, and it's generally not the real thing, so it's not good. Doesn't Subway even have sriracha now? I think Subway has a sriracha sandwich now. I'm sure they do, but I'm also sure it's not the real thing. It's not. A lot of lot of food, fast food chains, <laughs> like 
have little, little limited time type of uh, meals and they say oh sriracha fries or sriracha burgers mm-hmm. and it's not sriracha it's not genuine yeah. sriracha yeah, that's, that's the worst thing about this because the actual company is mm-hmm. just a small you know it's one guy who's been making the same hot sauce for decades now the same great hot sauce for decades suddenly became popular and everyone has started ripping it off and they're making just in incalculably lesser product um, than the original that you just you get yeah like people see oh it's a thick red sauce that tastes like garlic and that's about as far as they get and so they end up you end up with like you're saying just essentially just garlicky ketchup is what you end up with a lot of these knockoffs. Well, that's one thing I was wondering. I remember I, I saw an article online about two years ago where they were like, oh, there's there's a sriracha crisis. They're about to run out of sriracha. And then all of a sudden it's been popping up in everything. And I was like, what happened to the two year ago crisis? It's just out of nowhere. Fake, fake sriracha. Yeah, everybody <laughs> that makes sense sriracha now. now. And it's, yeah. Sriracha. Yeah. Like the actual stuff I hope they... is harder to nah, get. Yeah. Not it's not hard to get. It's not like there's a shortage, like everyone was saying. Mm-hmm. But the real stuff is harder to find. So you just gotta just gotta go to your local Asian market in town and pick they'll they'll probably have a bottle. I was just looking up their Wikipedia. It's actually the origin of it is debated of where it comes from, but um there's a report that says it was made in Thailand by a woman by the name of Thamon Chakapak. Huh. So, yeah. I was I was envisioning that it was made between the couch cushions of when you were a child. Mm, that mm. would spice things up. Yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't sriracha. Oh, Josh didn't like that one. <laughs> Josh, Josh was not a, he's not approving of that message. Um, sriracha man. doesn't really go on fish. Yeah, I was gonna say no, it doesn't. Doesn't work on fish, huh? Well, no, that sounds. Well, well, I, was imp- I was implying that whatever fish is doing with the couch mixes with what's already in the couch. You know what I'm saying? Like what comes off a of fish mixes with the couch, thus becomes sriracha. This is too elaborate. That joke had way too many layers, and it's, I'm too confused yeah. now. That many I'm, moving I'm left... parts. <laughs> that many moving parts in one joke is uh, it's too complex. Unnecessary. Feels unnecessary. Or too terrible. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks everyone for voting every Tuesday. Add Sword Chump on Instagram. We'll get some little speed topics to run through, whatever weird shit I'm on my mind. I already got four or five lined up for next week. Pretty much as I'm living my life, if a crazy idea comes to my head, I write it down. And I have a whole list of weird poll ideas. So um, should be fun. Thanks for voting as usual. We want to transition now to the bio break uh, portion of the program. And uh, this is a, a pretty cool article as well. This is something that was inspired, um, loosely Shay said, by our topic of the show and me playing Pokemon, apparently. Um, so this is from ScienceDaily.com. I will read the summary and then throw it over to our biologist here. Uh, the summary is certain types of tapeworm make sticklebacks behave carelessly. A stickleback is a fish, I presume, and thus become easier bird for preys. Uh, <laughs> that was beautiful reading, Morgan. Easier prey for birds. 
A team of biologists have now demonstrated for the first time that the tapeworm not only influences the behavior of the infected fish indirectly, it can also induce risky behavior in other fish in the group. Um, talking about risky fish behavior. We got a lot of that here. No, so basically it sounds like so there's this tapeworm that causes the fish to act kind of crazy and therefore gets picked off more easily by fish. Is that what's going on? Or by birds? That's exactly what's going on. So the first thing I want to talk about with this article is the parasite. And this is where the inspiration from your Pokemon playing kind of came from with this article. So the, this tapeworm, it's called the Schistocephalus solidus, um, which is, it has this crazy reproductive and life cycle. So what happens is um, it reproduces in a bird. So that's kind of like its end goal. Um, okay. To reproduce to get inside in this... of a bird. Right. And, Weird. And then once it reproduces, uh, the bird essentially excretes them um, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's via death, whether it's via using the bathroom, however it's excreted, and then it finds its way into the ocean or into some water, some body of water. And these these little tiny um, larvae try and find their way into something like a crab or a small, um, not necessarily a crab, something smaller, probably like a shrimp, uh, just one, one of those type of uh, animals. And then it eventually gets eaten. That animal gets eaten by the stickleback. And at this point, it goes through the second phase of its, um, its uh, life cycle. And it sits there in the fish, and it what it does is it alters the fish's mind to make it a little bit more careless. So what you were actually just talking about, Morgan, earlier it with gives uh, the fish a that's... midlife crisis. Yes, they go out, they get a motorcycle, <laughs> they dye their hair. It's a whole whole ordeal. I didn't know fish had hair. <laughs> Sticklebacks. They got fins. They get. Right. They dye their. They dye their. Uh, Oh, okay, okay. They yeah, you you can tell sense. them by that jet black, not quite a natural color dorsal fin that they've got going on there. It should be graying at this point. It's a but racing it's not. stripe. Mm-hmm. It's a racing stripe. <laughs> Makes them look um, like they're going faster. Mm-hmm. They are going fast, fish. So they, what happens is like the fish that Morgan was talking about earlier in Pokemon. It has that school mentality of strength and numbers. But the ones that are infected by this tapeworm, they go out further into open water because they, the, the way this tapeworm works, it alters their brain to make them more, a lot more careless. So they go out into this open water searching for food, and a bird will see them. And it's usually piscivorous birds, like a, like a kingfisher, for example. Now, a piscivorous animal means an animal that primarily eats fish. It's a carnivorous animal that eats fish and what it will do is it will get eaten up the fish will get eaten up by that bird that bird will then of course ingest that tapeworm and there's the cycle right there so when it gets into the fish is pretty much when it reaches the adult stage and it's crazy i actually went and looked it up like they can grow so big and they actually eat through a lot of the fish it's almost disgusting like the, the to the point of how much it eats through the fish and 
so the fish is just so it's just crazy, crazy and there's crazy. this thing trying to burrow it reminds me of alien and the aliens yeah, growing out of the it's human kind of like that yeah dude it is actually thing. kind of like that it's um that's so sad. just really just a sad. random fact from this article it can attain up to 50 percent of the weight of its host that wow. is insane how so 50 so percent of that fish weight. is a tapeworm jesus christ yeah that's in crazy in terms of mass how, how does exactly the tapeworm is a how what what's going on with the tapeworm as far as like controlling the fish and manipulating it to make erratic uh yeah instinctual distinctions does or, it make it hungrier because it's eating all of its food and then it has to go get more food i'm and i don't think they know why i don't think they have the why yet i think they have the this is what the behavior this is what's going on the reason behind it i don't think they understand yet because they just they discovered this but what the actual the actual point of the article sorry sorry to interrupt you fish is not that it just is infecting that fish but if in that school of fish a majority of the fish are infected with that tapeworm it will make the ones that are not infected also be careless because they don't want to be caught out alone they want to stay in that school mentality so even though in their brains it's saying don't go out into the open water i know it's bad but the ones who are infected who are the majority are going out into that open water they're like well i gotta go out in that open water with them because if i'm alone i'm gonna die i i need to go out there even though i know it's bad i gotta go out there i gotta stay with the school and then they they get you know, eaten What's crazy about that is I didn't even tell you about my schooling Pokemon story before the podcast. Right, just, right. I just knew you were playing weird. Pokemon. It's, yeah, weird. it's kind of crazy that that happened. I was just thinking of basically how the tapeworm goes through this, like, evolutionary stage. You know, you have the, yeah. you have the larva, which it would be, like, the starter Pokemon level. And then you get through that second phase, which is, um, you know, the stage after I'm spacing the name. I'm a terrible scientist. Is the stage after the, the larval stage? What is that? I can't believe I'm forgetting that. Is that like the um grubble grubble stage? Yeah, the grubble stage. There you go. <laughs> Grubbin. Like Grubbin is actually a Pokemon. No. One of the new Pokemon. It's, it's the second stage, and that's that reminded me of you know like the yes, first evolution yes of stage. Pokemon, and then the. The pupitar stage. I got it. Oh, uh, I got it. There the you water go. Level. Pupa. Larvitar, Thank you. Pupa. Pupitar. Well, pupa. He actually did get it right. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's the pupa stage. I, Thank you. I, I got there by my knowledge of Pokemon. Go yeah. on. The Tyranitar yeah. stage is the final step where it's half the size of the fish's body. Right. That's the that's the adult okay. stage. That is the that's the final stage. That's the final evolution of both Pokemon and this tapeworm. And um, you know. I wish Pokemon actually did more stuff like that because even though it is kind of like an evolution, it's just I, I wish that they had things like there's certain larva Pokemon that could be ingested by other Pokemon and then they create new evolutions based off that, like an infected. Then they like there's they burst out of the Pokemon bloody yeah. they're, with they're intestines getting, hanging from their oh nostrils. They're, they're getting more if you they think about it. Like, in all seriousness, this actually – we and Fish used to joke about this, now I'm thinking about it. If you look at a Tyranitar – or if you look at a, a, a Larvitar and how it evolves into a Pupitar, you can see the Pupitar in the Tyranitar's belly. So there's reason to believe – you can see its eyes and everything – that basically the Tyranitar is like a living creature with a larva in the middle of its stomach that's driving it crazy, which is why it's so rage-filled and angry. Um, mm -hmm. Although that's a straight <laughs> evolution. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's not really – it's not really – 
the larva getting inside of something else. It's just evolving into the Tyranitar, but it does look like that. Anyways, it'd be cool. Poke the, the cool thing about that wishy-washy Pokemon is that they're getting more creative with their evolutions, and um, maybe we'll see more stuff, you know. I feel like if they got enough creative people on their team that really studied science like this, they could have so many cool Pokemon ideas that they're just kind of squandering well, with their bullshit. So. That's, that's the thing, is like, as much shit as Pokemon gets for you know, some of their really weird Pokemon. And I admit, there have been some really out there ones. We always give uh, Trubbish and the the evolution of it a lot of shit on the podcast because it's ridiculous. Yeah. But there's, like, I talked with you guys about this in college two years ago, and um, I still talk about it with people. Pokemon, there's a lot of it founded in science. There's a lot of different things in there. And, um... And I just, I am um, impressed that they can fit that much scientific knowledge in there. And then people don't really realize that they inadvertently kind of know these things. You know, like if I was to tell you that um, Aerodactyl, for example, um, obviously part of that, that name comes from like, you know, in the sky flying arrow. But Dactyl is a type of foot pattern for birds. So there are different um, dactyls, essentially. Like, if there's, a, a like, the level of webbing where the, the fifth toe is placed on that, um, on that claw or on that foot, that is what dactyl essentially means. That's that suffix. And people don't, like, they don't know that because they just know it's Pokemon. But it's, it's founded, a lot of it is founded in science. So it's, it's really interesting to, to kind of see that type of stuff or, like, this fish wishy-washy yeah pokemon that you're talking about it's cool yeah that's one thing i've been trying to look yeah yeah that's that's the reason i love pokemon is a biology and if you don't know that you should get pokemon a chance because it's not just the kids game you probably think it is um but that's that's a really creepy larva gets back to the bird starts from the bird goes into the fish fish gets eaten by another bird and it just completes the cycle so but its goal is to live in the bird right like it only leaves the bird because it gets pooped out or the bird dies but in general it wants to be in the bird that's where it wants to be yeah and that's that's one thing i was trying to look up too and there's no why to that that was the first question i asked um about this whole article is why why does it want to reproduce in the bird? Like, what is it like? Is there specific conditions or is that like, is it optimal? Is, is like, what's, what, what is it about the fish that or the, sorry, the bird that makes it want to reproduce in that? And I don't think they have specific answers for that either. They just know that's the end goal for this particular uh, parasite, but they don't understand exactly why. And maybe that's because of, like and this is if I was just to theorize, maybe it's because a bird is so widespread, it travels so far and wide that this allows it to, allows it allows is allows it to maximize its potential to get somewhere. Yeah, huh. I think that's possible. I I also think that the digestive tracts of birds are not they're not particularly harsh compared to a lot of other options there. Which is why you end true. up with a lot of reptile and bird parasites. Are, are you ready for are you ready for a really bad joke? Alright, I'm just giving you a preface right now. Okay. I think there's a possibility that what's the name of this larva called again, Shay? You said at the beginning of the podcast. 
fuck. Let me let me look at it really quick. It sounds like it. It sounds like STD. It's a Latin name, and I haven't memorized it yet. It's Schistocephalus solidus. Yes. I think maybe it just wants to pick up a lot of frequent flyer miles. Hey, hey. Hey, thank hey. you, fish. Hey, there we go. I we had okay. a fish. That was... <laughs> no, I was just going to tell him. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Uh, thank you. Thank you, fish. Well, no, that was... No, I... yeah. Um, You're getting better, Morgan. That's... Call... Yeah, this is a little too tame for my taste. I, I try to bring it back to dicks, so I'm sorry. That was a failure on my part. <laughs> School form. Wishy-washy. Called demon of the sea by some. When wishy-washy are injured in battle, their numbers dwindle, and they become a regular school. Dwindle? Anyways, dwindle. That's dwindle. another Pokemon. Dwindle. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, that's a very interesting article. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, now as we kind of round up the show here, sort of anything else we've been playing on the side as we joked about. By the way, if you want to see, I'm going to have a rare out clip of my wishy-washy story on the VIP Instagram page that I made just for you guys. You should check it out. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. A lot of cool stuff on our Patreon VIP page, which is a $5 contribution to us, and you get access to a top secret instagram page um so thank you to all of our current supporters we we love you very much uh, anything else you've been playing i know shay you said you want to wrap it up here um which is you know you're always good at wrapping it up um so you're playing elder scrolls i am on the phone still what is I, not in a little bit of far cry oh yeah the co i wanted to say that i watched your your far cry stream it was a lot of fun um one of the things i thank was you. The reason I put that poll up was I was hoping to – I thought that would fit with you guys because you guys can be both – like you like to blow shit up. That's kind of your personality sometimes. When, when Fish gets online, he likes to just blow shit up sometimes, and Shay, and Shay does too. I'm not really like that, so I was like, well, I think Fish and Shay might make uh, a nice team here. And it worked. You guys – it seemed like you guys were having a lot of fun. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> hey! A uh, blast. blast. Oh, um, oh it really helps. Time, you know, it helps beat those dog days of summer. You know, that's right. Just a little hair of the dog, because he, you know, ran over a dog. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a couple of secret clips from that and also put that on our Patreon account as well for the hardcore. Here's what I'll do: the dog. I already told you guys, the dog clip is going on the Patreon. But no, there was some funny stuff I noticed from your stream. That just when I played it with Fish this week as well, like that game in co-op is very different because it's just ridiculous. Like all, you're you're exposing the cracks of that game, like the the rough edges around the seams that I sort of talked about in the past, um, are what you sort of exploit to have fun with it. Like all the ridiculous things that happen accidentally or by just confusion or chaos or glitches, just sort of add to the hilarity of your experience uh, and so it looks like a lot of fun time where me and fish were like the one thing that didn't work as well is me and fish are doing prepper stashes and he didn't like me watching him do the prepper stashes i guess he felt he was like i really like you watching me do those and i was like i don't know it's well, felt like a lab rat yeah I standing I in treating, a corner <laughs> i was treating him like i was like fish figure this one out figure this one out and i would just sit there and watch him do it and i and i and i'd mess up and you'd be like oh okay yeah Oh, that's where you mess up. <laughs> just sitting there, I'm just like, what the fuck? Come on, help me out or give me yeah. a hint here. It was a little creepy. It was a little creepy. I was treating him like a lab rat. Um, yeah. 
fun the chaos yeah that, that's gonna be fun we should have some more streams in the future yeah definitely uh that that's that stream between fish and i was gold i loved it um i knew that like fish and i when we were playing Fortnite earlier this year we had a lot of fun just doing duos and we work well together so playing far cry 5 ended up just like feeling like a good extension of that essentially so it was really fun yeah it's a good time it's a good time um and i'm always happy to see at least some far cry love and you've been playing some more elder scrolls as well yeah yeah and on mobile like i've been playing this game every day you guys know it i like we talked about the addictive natures of these games yeah yeah and it is at the end of the day it is an addictive game and i know i am addicted to it um one of the things that i've been wanting to do since i've played this game is like one of the points after you do like the main story stuff is to like get to the legend status. I'm sure it's very similar to how Hearthstone is or any of the other type of things like Overwatch. You always want to get to that top tier. And it was the same with this game. And finally, the other day, like just middle of the week out of nowhere, um, I broke through and I finally made that legend status. And then I to top it off, like uh, you do these things called arena events, which is basically the equivalent of drafting and magic. Or you just get packs and you try and make a deck out of those. Um, kind of similar to that. And I just, I, I did two separate ones and I just, I won like the arena both times. I got first place both times. So I was like, this is the best day of my life in this fucking game or gaming in general because I was just winning everything that day and it just felt so good. It was really nice. I was like, cool. I've been playing this game for almost a year now and I finally actually feel like I did something with it, you know? And uh, it's been downside ever since then. But <laughs> I want to get I want to get a clip of that. I've been good for this that game day. for almost a year, and I finally feel like I did something good. Let's get that on the box. <laughs> Play this game for a year, and you might feel good about yourself eventually. That's right. <laughs> it's instilling confidence once a year. Man, I can't wait for that Elder Scrolls game, the other one to come out on mobile, so we can talk about that again. Blades. I'm gonna play it on Dude, VR. That against... game looks like it's gonna be good. Let's just we'll do the stupid Bethesda presentation. I'll play with somebody on their phone while I'm in VR and we can be the guinea pigs for their stupid, you know, play against anyone anywhere thing. We'll see if it I'd works. Totally do it. I would totally do it. Um anything else, Josh? Have you been scrapping up anything on the side as we kind of round up some uh Uh nothing new. I've been playing Overwatch still. I'm still going through uh the Dark Souls remaster just cuz it's been forever since I played through there, so I wanted to play through it again. So I'm, mm. okay. I don't know, seventy five percent of the way through there. Not exactly sure. I'd have to. That's where you digging the remaster. It's pretty much the same yes, thing. Yes, for what it is. Yes, it runs better than the original version. The original version had some performance issues. Like it could, it could start to chug um, mm-hmm. at points, and they've they've really fixed that. Um, it just it it does it runs a lot better it plays a lot better it's still and it's not like bloodborne it's not the faster paced gameplay that they went to after that but it mm. doesn't chug anymore so it's not slow and then also the game will slow down at times which yeah. it does it makes it feel good so still I still w- plays really well that's awesome that's awesome yeah and you know maybe I'll have to try that hamster character when it comes out and uh report back to us mm-hmm. Well, and I've played it on the PTR some. Um, okay. But uh, not a lot. Not a lot yet because it's been out, what, a day at this point? So, not much. 
Cool. Um, Fish, I know you've been playing Far Cry with Shane. That's about it, right? Uh, yeah, just playing Far Cry 5. I played it with Shane and had that night with you up. as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I got tired, ooh, Fish. When Fish played it with ooh. me, he was tired, and I got... I was See, I was jealous, because I played with Fish, and he was like all tired and dizzy, and then, and then I went and watched your Twitch stream, and Fish was all perky and laughing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Man, I got ripped off. I got drained sad Fish. Like, his wife had just yelled at him for three hours, and he was <laughs> contemplating killing himself. Hey, hey maybe, it, maybe it was a partner. Whoa! I see how it is. You're going to blame me. As, I was a fun partner guy. I was trying my best. I don't know. Say we recorded it? that. Put them side by side. We could definitely tell who's the favorite. You know what? I think Fish gets more perky when he knows he's on Twitch. I've noticed that when Fish is on Twitch, he perks up a little. You know what? So, I, I do, yeah. We had, I believe, uh, one of our fans was on there. Um VM Culpepper and mm-hmm. she was totally digging what we were doing in that game and she was having just as much fun watching us as much as uh, you know us playing the game so uh, I kind of feed off of that energy whenever I see somebody like that in the chat going off mm. um, yeah so I, anyways that's fine I'm not jealous or anything I'm not jealous or anything not at all mm-hmm. um, sure Josh uh, Josh is laughing. Must have put something in the chat here. He performs better with the Spider-Man watching from the closet. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Josh, we just gotta say these out loud. Do I? Um, I feel like that one was too obvious. So just no reason to really bring it up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, that'll continue on Twitch. It'll be a fish and chase spectacular. Maybe they can finish the game together. There's some cool boss fights they can do together and stuff. It seemed like it was a lot of fun. At first I was like, oh, they're going to do the story together. But then watching you guys sort of laugh at John C. Talk about filling his holes. I'm like, this is kind of, this actually is kind of fun. This is kind of funny. Um, so yeah, so that'll continue. Good stuff. And that's about it. I've been continuing to play Pokemon. We're lining up hopefully a special guest for next week. Um, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can download our Evoking the Sublime podcast where we interview creators of gaming, uh, creators of certain games, I should say. And we have a new interview up with the creator of Into the Breach. So you should check that out. Um, again, it's called Evoking the Sublime on our Patreon. I've already hyped it up a few times on the show, but in all seriousness, thanks to our Patreon supporters. And you can go to Patreon slash Swordchomp and help us out if you want. We'll love you forever. Um, tell a friend, like I said before, you tell just one living soul about Swordchomp. It can make all the difference. You never know. You might walk up to that person on the train, that beautiful man or woman. You grab their shoulder and say, hey, have you heard of sword chomping? Before you know it, that could be your soulmate. You could be married, living happily ever after. And then you won't even care about our stupid podcast anymore. But it's the thought that counts. That's how I met my wife. Yeah, that's true. Heard a sword chomp? Just up a conversation after they've both been shoved into that train by Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) Just crammed in there. Um, we have some a lot of cool future plans coming up. We have we're still our all decade show is going to be in two podcasts. We have a podcast next week, and then I'm going to hype the fuck out of it. It's going to be the best ten games of the last ten years. It is going to be well earned on our part because we've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. It is going to be so much fucking fun, and we will try to argue about the best game of the decade. 
Um, you don't want to miss that. We voted about doing that a couple weeks ago, and people said they really, really wanted to see it. It's going to be a fun time. All decade show. That's going to wrap it up. It's been a lot of fun here. Thanks for checking out the Chompcast. From everyone here at Sword Chomp, we will see you next week. Ha, ha, ha.